Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with Howard Hutchinson. I will not comply. Those are the four words that we need to hear over and over again now. I will not comply with your unconstitutional, immoral laws and regulations that steal my freedom from me. I will not comply has got to be the mantra of the people who first say, hey, wait a minute, because the next step is I will not comply. Dr. Martin Luther King repeated that many times and and the people that listened to him and marched and said no i am not sitting in the back of the bus i am going to sit at this counter and eat my lunch i am going to drink out of this fountain and there's nothing you can do to stop me Um, that was the most perfect example of what it is going to take. Because at that point, when, when the people say, hey, wait a minute, and then go, no, not wait a minute, damn it, it ain't going to happen. So, um, so then the tea goes in the harbor. Um, people line up in the street, uh, unarmed, facing muskets, get fired upon and killed. People say, "Oh, you want to come take our cannons?" Oh, I don't think so. Come and take it if you think you can. So, yeah, and, and another analogy that I've, I've often used is, you know, to illustrate what we're talking about here is sometimes a friend of yours says, hey, Howard, why don't you shoot this gun? And I take the gun and I aim and I start squeezing on the trigger. But because I'm not familiar with the trigger on this particular gun, I don't know if it's a light trigger or if it's a heavy trigger. So I, you know, 
gently squeeze until it discharges. But because you're unfamiliar with the gun, you don't know exactly when that trigger is going to discharge that weapon. For the same reason, we don't know what pressure society gets to that the discharge takes place and people in masses say, we're not going to comply. It is the straw that broke the camel's back. You never know which that straw yeah. is going to be, but there will be one. And the accumulation of atrocities, and I call them atrocities, when you take away people's rights as prescribed in the Bill of Rights, you are committing atrocities. Uh, and as they mount up higher and higher, it is more and more straw on that camel's back. And eventually there will be one too many. And that's when the camel's back will break. And that's when what will happen. And that's that's kind of what happened in the American Revolution, as you so aptly pointed out, is there were atrocities by King George and his soldiers. And they got people more and more fed up. But again, even in that era, the country was divided about a third, a third, a third. A third were Tories. A third were revolutionaries, and a third didn't know which end was up. And, <laughs> and that that is uh, that was pretty interesting. And the other interesting thing is it really only took three percent of the nation to successfully wage uh, a war of independence against the tyrant. And believe me, all those atrocities, everything that those British soldiers were doing to us, they're being done all over again to us now. And in one form or another, but it comes down to the same thing. Those natural law rights, ours because God gave them to us when we were born. They are being infringed upon. They're being taken away. They're being taken away by a, a lawless, tyrannical government. They're being uh, made by corrupt politicians who go to Washington poor and come away enormously wealthy. And we have been betrayed by the one part of government that was supposed to protect us most, and that is the judiciary. The judiciary is complicit in this takeover of our nation because they have not stood up for our natu natural law rights as written down by our founders in the Constitution of Bill of Rights. You know, you, you utilize the word there uh, that I'm using more and more these days, and that is corruption. Once a government gathers unto itself vast treasure and utilizes that treasure to buy other human beings, the corruption proliferates. And so you talked about the one third that were Tories. They were in direct, they were direct recipients of that government corrupted treasure and owed their livelihood and their position in, in society to the king. 
The other third that you said weren't really concerned about or know anything about what was going on at all, they were corrupted too. A lot of them were small merchants, small farmers who had to sell to the corrupted one third and weren't really sure that they wanted to bite the hands that feed them. The other third was the last survivor of the of the fight at Concord, the last living survivor of the fight at Concord. Fortunately, he was interviewed by an outstanding journalist who, who was a real journalist back way back when. And he asked him, you know, what was it? Uh, was, was it the taxes? Uh, was it the, the military? Uh, what was it that drove you to stand in a line with your fellow citizens against an army? And the guy looked at him and he said, freedom. And the reporter said, freedom? Was, was that why you risked your life? Not for your property? Not for your family? Not, no, he said, it was for freedom. And that was it. So that one-third, that, uh, the one-third that were the revolutionaries, they wanted one thing freedom and they got it they won it and they won it at great cost and we are fiddling while it burns away well you aren't i'm not <laughs> but uh, I, I i i fear that now that, that we've reached this point, and we reached it, I think, maybe a decade ago, or maybe a decade and a half, where we hit that tipping point, where 51% of the population was totally dependent on the government, either directly or indirectly for their livelihood. And once you reach that point of corruption, the government isn't going to stand very long. I mean, at least our Republican form of government. This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with Howard Hutchinson. Well, that is where the patriots have to rise. That's where we have to find our Samuel Adams, our Patrick Henry, our Thomas Jefferson, our George Washingtons, our Ben Franklins, our John Hancocks, they have to arise now because they're needed again. Um, and I think that history has a way of providing things. Maybe it's God who has a way of providing what is needed. 
But the human spirit craves freedom. Uh, freedom doesn't mean necessarily the same things to everyone, but most people have a pretty good idea of what freedom is, and that's the ability. Freedom actually is the absence of coercion. That's what freedom is. And what happens at some point, people who are just blithely going along with the program, they run into a point where all of a sudden they're coerced. And maybe some of the things that are going on now are coercion that will change the tide. If you can't go to a restaurant without, without a vaccine certificate, even though you're not sick, uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of humor out now if you if you can watch for that stuff where people are pointing out the absurdity the complete absurd lack of any logic whatsoever in requiring a vaccine certificate uh, to protect people if you're vaccinated and, and are well. What risk do you pose to anyone? Uh, and, and that's a question. And then you, you take off from there. And uh, you, I, I saw the other day a, a wonderful play on that of the Abbott and Costello, who's on first routine in today's world, had to do with vaccination and mask wearing. Uh, and it, it really comes down to that, is that at some point, uh, that may be, for instance, one of those coercions that takes away enough freedom for enough people. Or maybe it's the Second Amendment. Or maybe it's uh, lack of habeas corpus when they start trying to put people in FEMA camps. Uh, there, there are so many possible and potential avenues uh, to run up against that straw that breaks the camel's back at this point. Uh, I think our current government is playing with fire, which goes back to the original discussion. There's a lot of dead wood on the ground here, and the government is playing with matches and gasoline. It's <laughs> not true. <laughs> yeah, I to to run full circle. The uh, the the only thing that I see that is going to change how our forests are managed, uh, how our species are managed is, number one, the individual standing up and saying, no more. And with the neighbor, their neighbors, their friends, and their family, their municipal government says no more. And their school district says no more. And their county commissioner or county supervisor or county judge says no more. And then their state legislature says no more. And their governor says no more. That's when you'll see the change. And we can follow in, in the footsteps of, of Martin Luther King. 
And, you know, we don't have to shoot anybody. Martin Luther King proved that. He proved that you don't have to kill anybody. All you have to do is be willing to die. And he was. And the people that followed him were willing to die. And to me, that expresses the utmost in bravery, in honor. Uh, and it takes us to the very word of Christ, who said, you don't have to kill anybody, but you have to be willing to die. And he was willing to die. And I think that is the lesson. Um, I would hate to have to take another person's life. And I would only do that in defense of myself or my family or my friends. But I am willing to die for, for this. Uh, and I will, and I do. <laughs> civilly protest and uh, going back to my radical days <laughs> I know civil disobedience uh, and I've been there and I've done that and it isn't hard it is not hard it just it takes a certain amount of guts but it's worth it. Yes, it is, Howard. Freedom is worth everything that you need to do to maintain it. Because without freedom, the human spirit is crushed. Well, Howard Hutchinson, I just, I've been so uplifted by this discussion. We've had a great discussion of things that are really ultimate and most important things we could talk about. That is freedom, freedom of the human spirit, uh, natural law rights, a gift from God to each of us. And what we have to do to maintain freedom, not only for ourselves, but we have children, we have grandchildren. I can't imagine the darkness of a world without individual freedom. And I know that together, and with like-minded people, we still do have a chance with faith in God and people dedicated to achieving and maintaining freedom. That is what we have to pray for. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk uh, with you uh, and have this discussion as well. And I, I hope uh, that the viewers uh, can see some benefit in uh, my ramblings. Um, it's, it's very interesting to do something like this via, via Zoom. I've, I've been in studios 
uh, where there are the television cameras and uh, that type of a situation. It's very awkward, but it sure it's nice to see you uh, there in the studio and and I appreciate uh, your time. Howard, it's been great talking with you and thank you so much for again being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. God bless you, my friend. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.